lot has been made of Jimmy Horn putting on some weight. You're going to hear it from the man himself here in a little bit. You'll also hear a little bit of what a couple running backs had to say about their new offensive coordinator, Kelly Joyner and Brian Betty, on Coach Travis Trickett. Go now to baseball, which, again, has been winning some harrowing games on Sunday. And I'm telling you, these are important results because you don't want to have to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament. And if you can stockpile wins and stockpile series victories early in the season, it sets you up. Of course, you still have to perform in conference during the regular season to have enough wins. You also have to take care of business in the midweek games. And FGCU, a pretty awesome litmus test. A team that came into last night 15-5. and five. A team that was putting up more than 10 runs per game and put up 7 on the Bulls last night, but was also allowing less than 5 per game, and the Bulls got them for 16. And oh yeah, also swept USF last year in six games, including a couple of Sunday contests where the Bulls had six runs or more of a lead and gave up the lead in both cases. They had, well, that big of a lead, then some, on Tuesday night, and they weren't giving any of it up. 16-7 to was the final score. It was 16-4 to going into the bottom of the ninth inning as the Bulls scored in all but one frame. They got Nine RBI from the top two hitters in their order. Carmine Lane, three for six with five RBI. A home run, give him 31 ribs on the season. He tossed in a double. And Drew Brutcher, folks, swinging the bat pretty good. Two home runs last night, four RBI. Roberto Pena was three for four with a homer and a two-run double and four runs scored. The Bulls put up 13 hits. They also took advantage of not the best pitching on FGCU side, namely with some walks in all. They walked eight times along with their 13 hits. On the mound, Jack Siebert got the start, was pretty solid, was spotted a 5-1 lead, gave up two in the bottom of the third, and that was it for his night. Joe Sanchez definitely earned the win. He calmed things down over the next three innings, only gave up three hits and one run. Tanner Mink did a nice job as well with two innings. Dylan Vega ran into some trouble for Austin Grouse finished things up in the ninth inning after the Eagles had gotten three guys on against Vega. First inning, Drew Brutcher, a solo home run for the lead. FGCU would answer back with an RBI double. Then in the top of the second, two more runs. Again, we talked about taking advantage of the walks. Three walks to load the bases and Carmine Lane with a single. He's pretty good at that, you know. He had a bases-loaded single to win the game against Mercer on Sunday. Bulls would get Matt Ruiz's home run. Man, is he starting to hit the ball and that made it 4-1, to one, as I said. The Eagles did pull to within 4-3 to three on Seabert, and so he was pulled. And when Sanchez came back out there, it was 7-3. to three. As Marcus Brodell walked, Nick Gonzalez got a single. And after a fielder's choice, Drew Brutcher tagged one deep to right field. It was funny watching the video of this as USF Baseball tweeted it out. You know, it wasn't a no-doubter off the bat, except to the... Eagles because none of them really reacted like they had any chance of making the requisite defensive plays. So at that time, it was 7-1. to one. Eagles would get one back in the fifth. Bulls would tack one on in the sixth. Roberto Pena, a leadoff homer. And then they really got it going with a four-run top of the seventh inning. Brutcher, four-pitch walk. They weren't messing around with him. Ben Rosenblum got a single, a sacrifice bunt in this situation. Daniel Cantu working on the little things. And after a second out... Another walk to load up the bases, and Pena knocked in two, followed by Jarrett Eaton with a pinch hit, two RBI double. Nice to see him contribute as well. 
And then Carmine Lane leads off the eighth with a solo home run. Three more for the Bulls in the ninth inning. Gonzalez with a single for a run. And Carmine Lane tacks on those last two RBIs to give him a career high in a game five with a two-run double. 16-7 to the final score. Again, a very solid win gets the Bulls to 14-7. and This was a team that is still very good on its own end. 15 and 6 on the year. Carmine Lane said has 31 RBI now, 385. Brutcher is up to nine home runs, hitting 354. There's a little bit of a drop off as far as regulars go, although Jackson Mayo has become a semi regular, hitting at 318. And then it goes down to 272. So guys like Cantu and Eaton trying to get those averages up. But as a team, hitting 282 with a solid top of the order and getting those contributions at the bottom of the order. And oh, yeah, Jack Jasiak is back healthy. Actually, he was hanging out watching the softball game with me. He was actually pretty much right next to me on Tuesday because, of course, a weekend rotation starting pitcher is not going to be pitching in a Tuesday game, and I guess he wanted to hang back and watch a little softball, so that was kind of neat. He will get the call at some point this weekend as the Bulls host Niagara. That'll be starting on Friday night. Now a little bit from a trio of playmakers on the football side of things. Yes, it was front and center, topic A. Once you hear that someone's put on some pounds in a good way, in this case, Jimmy Horn, and what is the offshoot of that for the second-year wide receiver? Game more pounds. I'm at 170 flat. I'm trying to get to like 175, 175, no higher. Probably 175 to 180, but I'm good. Like where I'm at right now, I see like from my tears from last year to my body, like I'm more explosive, stronger. Uh, at first, I wasn't even benching 225. Now I can bench like probably like 245. And then on like outside on the field, like like I said, I'm explosive. And like my speed is there, I'm still fast and I changed my speed. I probably got a little faster too. You, you did you feel like you were you were too light last year? Did you want to get bigger and stronger? Yeah, for sure. I did feel a little too light out there on the field. But like in my head, I always still I always felt strong. So like still saying. So it sounds like you embrace blocking. Is that accurate? So blocking first. You can't you can't start an offense out without blocking. That's one thing for sure. Can't be no selfish club. Can't uh, being selfish ain't gonna take you far. You gotta. Everybody gotta eat. Kind of like that guy's delivery and his catchphrase. So now let's get some intel from a couple of running backs on their new offensive coordinator. First voice you're gonna hear is that of Kelly Joyner, followed by Brian Batte. Coach Trickett talk about being a detailed team. You know the little things matter in order to become that team. Um, but as far as the couple practice we had, um, I think we. Really like strong growth from last year. In, in what ways are you? Um, is everybody bigger, faster, stronger? Are you getting the plays down better, or what's what? That too. I mean, outside of the facility, we communicate with each other a lot. So our relationship um, that's grown as well, and it shows on the field. We communicate to each other while the other um, doing a play or something like that. Um, yeah, we just built a strong relationship. Coach Tricky, he great dude off the field and. Great coach on the field. I uh, can't say anything bad about him. I mean, he's a great person, great coach. Uh, he putting in a new, uh, couple new schemes and stuff in there. Could tell he likes speed though, and he's real, he real passionate about speed. So I just try my best to show him I, I got speed and I can do the things that he likes to get done on the field uh, from a running from a running back position, catching the ball, running routes. Uh, hitting holes and just making big plays. I mean, flipping the field, that's a that's a big thing in college. You got to be able to flip the field. So Coach Tricky, he, 
I like I like the way he coaches. I like the way uh, he's been doing things and how he's been approaching stuff. So uh, I got the utmost respect for Coach Trickett. One of the voices you heard asking questions in there, Joey Johnston wrote an article for GoUSFBulls.com on kind of all of the above and then some on the new offense and the explosive playmakers and how they're liking it so far. So you can head on over there. And again, we'll give you some more of their audio later on. In fact, on tomorrow's show. Men's golf, Linger Longer Invitational at the Great Waters Golf Course in Georgia. It was won by the host Bulldogs, 28 under par. There were many top 25 teams in this, and the Bulls are now just outside the top 25. Basically, they only got quote-unquote beat by one team behind them in the rankings. That'd be Charlotte. Albin Bergstrom continues to perform, but really, as far as the team goes overall, seventh place, you'd have to label it a somewhat disappointing finish probably hoping for a top five in this field of 15. Florida Gators were third at 14 under par, so it was really about the SEC in this one. Bulls did finish ahead of one SEC side in Alabama. Had their best round, actually tied for their best round of two under par, but their second round, which was turned in on Monday, of seven over kept them from that top five finish. So they'll look to improve it more as a team. We said Alvin Bergstrom, who's one of the top 10 players in the country, we continue to hype him up, finished again in the top 10, tied for ninth with a five under par total. The individual winner in a runaway was Clemson's Jacob Bridgman, 16 under par, six shots better than anybody else. But Georgia had that second and that third and the fourth individuals, hence the overall title. Well, here's the thing. No other bull had an under par round. Run Uprayong was consistently their second best score, even one over, one over. So trying to get the whole squad rounded into shape is the whole idea right now for Steve Bradley and the men's golf team. Still ranked among the nation's top 30 or so, and that's a spot you want to be in to get an at-large for the NCAA tournament. But I'd imagine next week when they play the Valspar Invitational in Palm City, there's only two events left in their regular season. That's going to be pretty important. We'll talk more about it next week. That's going to do it for Bulls Beat on a Wednesday. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.